You're listening to an all-new episode of Off the Rails with Sloppy Yellow. Views and opinions expressed here reflect hardcore fan perspectives and sometimes might be factual. Be advised, this podcast may contain adult language. Billy Bradley, son, we are recording this on Tuesday, a special Tuesday recording of Sloppy Yellow Off the Rails. Billy, I'm not sure we've ever recorded on a Tuesday in our damn four-year uh, I guess this is year five of this shit. I, I don't know that we've ever done it on Tuesday. It feels weird, feels odd, feels strange, but Billy Bradley, we've got a bunch of shit to talk about, and I want to start right off the top of the show talking about um, your favorite racetrack and closest racetrack as well. You texted our little NASCAR group about, I don't know, sometime, let's just say 6 o'clock last night, that uh, Bristol was the all-star race was moving to Bristol. They were letting in fans. And by 8 p.m. Monday night, Billy Bradley, you, myself, and Jimmy Wags all had not only travel arrangements, hotel arrangements, but confirmed tickets from Bristol Motor Speedway. I know you've got to be happy, some bitch, because you were mad as hell when they were right down the street and you couldn't go do it. But but I am so damn excited to get to the racetrack and see cars. I'm even going to – I swore to God I would never go to a fucking all-star race, Billy Bradley. I should have changed that so I'll never go to an all-star race in Charlotte. How excited on a scale of 9 to 10 are we, son? Uh, 9.9, brother. I mean, I I told you, I said – I, I got, I got, we got to get this. We got to go. The 30,000 tickets will go quick. And I, I I'd like to know what number we were because I'd say we were pretty damn close to being pretty. Once they let the floodgates loose, I think we were probably within the top couple of hundreds. Billy wouldn't surprise me because fact of the matter is I'm shocked. I'm literally shocked that they're going to let 30,000 people in there. Not because, I mean, the place holds like 140 or some crazy crap. Um, but the fact of the matter is, this is, I mean, nobody was talking about bringing in people. We just brought in, a, a, you know, a thousand people at Homestead uh, or some few people at Homestead. Yeah. And we're we're going to do a few, uh, you know, here at, at Talladega or whatever. But, but this is, I mean, hell, 30,000 people at, at Bristol, that's, that's a, you can't fit 30,000 people in there to watch an NBA game in, in most NBA huh. places. And I know this is outdoor, but this is going to be, the largest sporting event um, <laughs> in, in the last three months. This is going to be the largest sporting event with fans. And not only is it just the fact that we're going to be there with other people. That, that's exciting. I'm excited for that. But we're going to see an all-star race with a million <laughs> fucking dollars on the line at Bristol. But I can't believe it's like It's like I woke up and all of a sudden while I was throwing up, uh, somebody cooked me a great steak and I was able to eat it. Now, I may go back to throwing up later, but COVID has fucked this entire season up. It's fucked everybody up. I mean, people, uh, poor Joshua Prophet couldn't even walk across the stage when he graduated. All the graduates, all the people who have not been able to go to funerals, all the people who haven't been able to do things they have been planned for a long time. But all of a sudden, shit. Oh, there's a little there's a little rainbow that just popped up, Billy Bradley. We're going racing at Bristol at night for a million dollars. Yeah, I mean everybody's complaining about being a Wednesday night. I mean, suck it up, man. We're all star race Wednesday night and allowing fans, which that didn't surprise me. You know, Tennessee being our yeah. neighbor here, I mean, <laughs> I literally I could throw a rock and 
all their restrictions are pretty much lifted and have been for uh, probably a couple of weeks. You know, we've been playing baseball in Johnson City, Tennessee, for uh, three weeks now, and we can't. Mm-hmm. We're just now starting here in Virginia. So, well, you know what's funny, Billy? When I was thinking about all this, my my first reaction was, "Damn, I can't wait to talk to Rob about." the schedule. I mean, all of a sudden we got an all-star race three hours away at a different track. And I thought, Oh shit. Well, we've run like, we've run like nine races in two weeks or some crazy shit. Uh, this this ain't even going to feel that much different. I would imagine Rob. I mean, after you've done two weeks with a, with a, with a Sunday, Wednesday type race, how do you feel about it, Rob, from a logistics standpoint or, yeah, yeah. I mean, at this point, do you have any feelings at all towards it? What are you, what are you thinking there about getting a team there? Um, well, I was kind of curious about, like, why are we bothering with a non-points event right now while we're trying to get our schedule right. caught back up? Mm-hmm. Um, yep. And from the economics part of it, I understand, you know, it's an extra race. SMI, you know, owns Charlotte, owns Bristol, um, you know, TV contract sponsors, you know, there's a lot of, there's a lot of moving parts, a lot of nuts and bolts, a lot of money involved in these events and to not have it kind of shorts, you know, it shorts Fox because that's one of the events that they televise. It shorts SMI, it shorts the sponsors that have bought that race, you know, for the teams, et cetera. And, you know, and it's a, it's an event. Uh, And they've done what they can, you know, it's been at Charlotte and I will say this is, the downside of taking it away from Charlotte is we have to go out of town again. Now, yeah. yes, it's only Bristol, but that's still another, it's still another night in a hotel room. It's still a yeah. drive yeah. across the mountain to get home rather than, you know, instead of 20 minutes for me to get to the racetrack, it's now three hours. Yeah. So from that standpoint, you know, and I'm sure the team guys are thinking the same thing. It's like, man, you know, that's another night. We're not in our beds, but, from a racing standpoint, changing the venue has been a conversation, I think, for some time because the – and in all fairness and no disrespect, that that race has kind of gotten a little stale, and they've tried to – you know, changing formats has helped shake it up a little bit. You know, changing the package shook it up a little bit. Yeah. Um, but I think moving it to a short track that – you know, that that place that's been described as, you know, trying to fly a jet plane in a gymnasium um, or, yeah. you, you know, the last great Coliseum. I mean, you know, you go ahead and you put an all-star event there, a non-points event there, and you hang that great big check, that definitely will change up some things. Plus, <laughs> we were just there not long ago, so yeah. notes are going to be pretty close. Yep. You know, we've raced there at night before. We've raced there in the heat before at night. So, yeah. I, I, and like you said, Dan and Billy, you, you guys got tickets. You're going to see a spectacle, and you're going to see an a historic race. We won't know how big a historic race it is until it's said and done. Oh, wow. But yeah, we're 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 seeing something that we haven't seen. We are seeing an all star race somewhere other than Charlotte. Mm-hmm. And it's and it's not Vegas or you know another yeah. mile and a half. It is yeah. it's a short track and it's an action packed short track. And I gotta be honest with you, Rob. You, and you a smaller field and a smaller yeah. field, much smaller field. It's gonna probably be you know there's racing 
uh, 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 you know, heats or whatever. And, and, and what you the, the reason I'm going to this race is exactly what you brought up there about we're, we're not going to know how historic this is. I promise you that years from now, I, I'm going to remember the weirdest fucking season oh, of yeah. all time. <laughs> and I'm going to be like, hey, the second day allowed fans to go, me and my buddies, we took off and we went straight to fucking Bristol, Tennessee to watch racing under the lights. And, I, and I'm, I, I'm so excited. I know that the history part is going to come. It may not even come for years from now, but everybody's going to look back to this 2020 where we've been able to do some things that we we never thought was even possible, Billy. We're we're we're, we're drawing uh, numbers for uh, we're drawing starting positions. We're racing, you know, twice during the week. We're not, you know, um, we're, we're not practicing, you know, three hours at, at the track. We're not doing all these things. So many things are changing, and we're able to hit upon some really cool things. I if we have put out podcasts, Billy, last year when they ran this his mile and a half package and those poor bad I think I said those poor bastards finally saw a good race. That was the title of the, the all-star race uh, <laughs> when, when, the, when everybody was standing up to watch a decent race. It wasn't even a great race, but for a mile and a half race there at, at Charlotte Motor Speedway, those poor bastards finally saw something that didn't just suck ass. And the, the fans of Charlotte deserved something and they got the Roval. The Roval's pretty cool. But to take the all-star race. Because it's new. Because it's new. new. That's right. We'll see how it is in five years. But everybody for the last, since I've been talking, since I've known what the hell the all-star race is, Billy, people have talked about moving this damn thing around. And it's just something to do in the off-season in in December and January when you ain't got shit to talk about. We talk about moving the all-star race. It's happening. I cannot wait. I'm flying into Tri-Cities Airport. I'm driving to the hotel on Tuesday night. I'm going to try Dan, to Dan, are you taking – you say you're huh? flying into Tri-Cities. Are you, are you taking your plane or are you flying commercial this time? <laughs> I am definitely <laughs> flying commercial this time. Uh, my, oh, okay. plane, my plane's in the shop. Uh, uh, okay. It, it, it's in the shop. Uh, I got it when I was six years old, and it had a G.I. <laughs> Joe attached to it. But, uh, <laughs> but, uh, he had the Kung Fu grip, but uh, that's a different story. But I can't wait to fly in there. I'm going to try to contain myself Wednesday during the day. Uh, Jimmy Wags and his father is going to be there. I, I just I, – listen, so many – I mean, hell, Billy, we, we put on Twitter Monday night. Jimmy Wags is coming all the way from Baltimore for this? He's driving. Drive. Is that where he father. lives? Uh, yep, all the way from Baltimore. That's exactly what he's doing. So uh, and he's driving. Yeah, this is Dude, big. Hey, we ain't messing around, are we? No, we're not messing around. We're we're ready to get back in action. Smoke. I I can't wait. And you know, Billy, we're, we're talking about all the changes NASCAR has been able to do. And and here's one that is I, I I'm laughing that we're talking about this, but but I'm not a racer. I've never raced a damn car before in my life. I barely break the speed limit. I don't even like to break the speed limit. I, I'd like to drive the speed limit. I'd like to be aware of what's going on. I'm, I, I'd like to think I'm a pretty safe driver. Uh, but fact of the matter is, Billy, there has been a scuttlebutt. Uh, I, I, I'm, I'm shocked, but people are losing their fucking minds over placements of where the number goes on a fucking race car. They're losing their absolute fucking minds. They're losing their minds on what the hell is happening with the number position. I could not care less where that fucking number goes. I, I honestly, God, can't because 
when I was coming up through the ranks, Billy Bradley, it was everybody had one singular sponsor. There was, you know, Wrangler. There was Budweiser. There was, and so really, I mean, the number three on the car was iconic, but it was the fucking uh, good wrench car, right? Um, it yeah. was that. Or the uh, off tail car. Yeah, something, right? I mean, all, it was something that I understand now everything's changing, but they want to move the number from the center of the door to right in front of the back wheel. Billy, are you full of piss and vinegar like everybody else? Could you care less? How do you feel about moving the number three feet to the right? I could care less about You know, our true fan would be worried about uh, why can't we get these cars up to the faster speed, add some more horsepower, yeah. not complaining about sliding a number, what, two foot down the side? I mean, as long as they're not taking away what very little horsepower these cup cars have now, I'm okay with it. I think we should – Billy, you said it perfectly. I wish we would be worried about um, you know, how much can we get some more horsepower in that fucking car? Can we make that cup car on a mile and a half drive like those those Xfinity cars? But but I, again, I'm not a racer. I don't work on cars. I don't do I, 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 to me. I don't even have a car. I have a truck, and a truck is like a hammer. It's a tool. I don't. Give, I mean, it's a fucking tool. It, it, when it gets worn out, I'm going to get another one. It's just I don't have this love for these cars, but but here's somebody who does. Rob Lopes, you've been in a sport a long time. You've been a racing guy yeah. a long time. I, what is the what is your personal feeling about the number? What's the feeling in the garage? I mean, have you, have you talked to anybody about this? What's your take? No, I haven't talked with anybody about it, but I will say this. I think for – some series, it doesn't matter, but I'm going to say for those cars that you see out there going 2-0 shit into the corner, mm-hmm. that number helps you identify your race car, and you put it nice and big in the center of the door, you can see it. Yep. Now, I understand one of the arguments or one of the things I read was they want to do this for sponsor identification, you know, recognition. You yeah. put the logo across where across the door. It's flat. It's not going over top of the wheel well, um, you know. But the thing of it is, is most of your your view, the camera's view picks that up better. Yeah. Whereas you need to see that number because yeah. that identifies your race car. And like yeah. you said, and, and it's not, and it's funny you brought this up when. Up until recently, and I say recently, within the last eight years, ten years, it was a singular sponsor on everybody's race car. Yeah. Well, now there's, you know, every team is carrying two or three sponsors, which means the paint scheme changes, which means the name changes, which means the color changes. But the one thing that identifies that race car is the number. Yep. So to move that number – Okay, I mean, you want to try it? Let's try it. If you want to try it, try it at the All-Star Race. But I think what you better will lose car. Right. You will lose. It'll be harder to identify the car because, obviously, if you move that number back toward the wheel well, you're going to make it smaller. Yeah. Because yeah. you it, have to. Just be, you, you have to just because of everything else you've got going on. Yeah. Um, 
And it's funny is that is that was always a you know it was a rule the number had to be a certain size yep. the number had you had to have a font approved like everything has to be approved every time you change anything on that race car you it has to be you know it, it's an approved spot only certain decals can be in certain places this that the other there's a lot of stuff that goes on when you like you have to send your schemes when you sign a new sponsor mm-hmm. you have to send in a rendering of what your paint scheme is going to look like. Yeah, or your wrap or whatever, and it has to be approved. Yeah. So moving that number, I understand. Okay, you put you put the sponsor name a little on a flatter surface. I bet you don't get the exposure that you think you're going to get just because of camera angle. Because mm-hmm. you're not uh, looking at I'm, that car when that car's on the racetrack. You're not standing at it looking at it at a ninety degree angle. The yeah. cameras aren't looking at it at a ninety degree angle. Mm-hmm. And I think you're going to see that it doesn't look quite as cool. At 200 miles an hour, 100 miles an hour, or 150 miles an hour, it doesn't look as cool that you think it's going to look at. Standing still, looking at the car broadside, oh, it's amazing looking. Yeah. When that thing's moving and camera angles the way they are, you're not going to you're not going to get the bang for the buck that you think you're going to get. That's just my opinion. Yeah. Who knows? I'll I'll probably watch some video or. Obviously, I'll be standing on pit road in Bristol, and I'll be like, okay, I can see it from pit road, but I'm eye level with the thing. Yeah. Well, you brought hey, up cameras aren't. Go ahead, Billy. Go ahead. I, I got a question. Like, you know, several years ago on the front of the cars, like, we had all these NASCAR, what are, what's the word I'm looking for? The, the, C, the I guess the, decals? The yeah, those decals were all on the front, and the teams kept complaining that they wanted – to get that off and get their sponsorship on there, right? They wanted to be um, able to sell the front. I I, I don't I, I don't rec- I don't recall that conversation because the contingency decals provide money. Yeah, right. But so I were, think there was, was still money involved. That's why you ran them. Yeah, but the team owners were wanting it off of their cars. I thought I read something. Yeah. No, that was the race team all that for sponsorship. Yeah, that was the race team alliance, Billy. And what that was was that was a play. The race team alliance was formed. That's when, what it was. Yeah, when NASCAR got their new big ass billion dollar TV contract, the race team owners were like, "Hey, you know what? You use us as your your fucking uh, R and D. We're your research and development. You put all these rules and all those other bullshit on us that." We have to go test and come back with all this kind of stuff. Uh, we want a bigger piece of the pie. We want to be able to sell that shit to our people and all that. And that's basically that was. I believe that was one of the first things the RTA did. Billy Bradley was. Yeah, but they was, haven't. Yeah, yeah, but, yeah, but to, that's what I was going at. It. They, they're still blank. Yeah, but but here's the thing. The reason they did. And you that, have less contingency decals now. But the reason they did that was because NASCAR decided to give them a bigger piece of the pie so that they'd shut the fuck up about that little space. If you remember, they tried to put the Twitter emoji in there, you know, and that dumb shit. So it was basically a tool the RTA used to um, negotiate with NASCAR. I don't believe they ever wanted it, Billy Bradley. I believe they wanted it just so that they could tell the people – so they can get a bigger piece of the of the TV money. That, that's what I firmly believe that they did that for because they went without a whimper. Once NASCAR said no, but we're going to give you a bigger piece of the pie, we might want to put. They were like, okay, that's all we give a shit about. And I, I think that's 
I'm pretty mm. sure that that's what what happened there. Uh, the the one thing that I just I just quite frankly don't care about Billy. Um, but Rob brought up a good point. I mean, the spotters at Bristol. Um, I mean, they're, hell, sometimes these cars are different. You know, three four weeks in a row. And so it, it may be difficult. It will be difficult at a place like Bristol, where there's cars moving around in a little tiny place. Um, you know, and they get in a big pack and they start moving at Talladega. It might be. I don't think it's going to be that difficult at mile and a half with this package. But uh, you know, I, I think for NASCAR to come out and say we're going to try this, um, is it, we're going to do this at uh, um, a place like Bristol. They'll know within the first three laps if they can see the damn number or not Bristol at Bristol. Yeah. Really. Uh, they're they're going to know right away if this was a massive failure or if this was fine. The fact of the matter is anything NASCAR does that can get, you know, sponsors more interested in without ruining safety or horsepower or the show, I don't give two shits about. If they're moving it back there, spotters can see and, and, and sponsors like it better. What better way let's to try yeah, let's just put it back there and see what happens. In, uh, and see, I mean, yeah, right, exactly. Yeah, I think we'll be back for numbers on the door after Bristol from here on out anyway, but well, yeah. I mean, I'm okay with trying it for the All-Star race. Billy, I, I think you're right. I think we're going to be right back to the same place, and, and they're going to they're gonna realize that, you know, safety comes before anything. But, hell, I, Billy, this is just another reason why I can't wait to get to Bristol. It's historic for many other reasons. I'm going to say that's where they put the stupid-ass number uh, right in front of the back wheel. You remember that stupid shit? And I, I mean, <laughs> I, I, I can't wait. But on top of numbers and 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 moving the, the race and all this, NASCAR announced, Billy, um, something that I actually tweeted this when I when when NASCAR first came out and said, you know, about Black Lives Matter and Steve Phelps did his thing. I was like, you know, that's all great and well, but why don't you hire a VP of diversity and inclusion for Christ's sakes? That'd be the first the first major sport that does it. And I'll be damned, Billy Bradley. Uh, today on Tuesday, they announced the appointment of industry veteran Brandon Thompson. To a brand new creative position. I think where I've seen that guy before. Um, He was. I've 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 seen him at the racetrack, but I don't remember in what capacity. Well, I tell you what he did because he he was recently the managing director of the NASCAR Touring Series when they bought um, uh, uh, ARCA. I think it was ARCA, if I'm not mistaken. um, When they bought ARCA, uh, he was he was there uh, with with at ARCA. And so, but, but he started his career back in 2003, um, at Nashville, he, he, he applied to become, um, or worked through the NASCAR diversity internship program. And I mean, hell, that was 17 years ago. And he's, and he's been in that, he's been in racing ever since. I think it's a, it's a right. great, absolute, um, wonderful. Yeah, but he's thing. been in the cup garage though. I I know I've seen that guy in the cup garage. I know yeah, well, I have. He was, and I'm trying to think of what capacity he was there, and maybe it was just because he he was a, a you know an uppity. I, I say uppity up because you know you wear a yeah. collared shirt, you know yeah. stuff like that. He's got, he's got the butt. maybe, maybe, <laughs> yeah, maybe that's why. Yeah. Well, I know he I've also, seen that guy. if I'm not mistaken, he was working with um, not only. Um, um, the ARCA series and all that kind of stuff. He did the international series. He he worked in the Penties, um series in Canada. But he also, I believe, was a dual, um, like like uh, what's that guy who did the truck? 
um, the truck series director, Wayne Otten, I think his name is. Wayne Otten. Um, I believe when Wayne Otten moved on that Brandon Thompson served um, as a – I think they had two – Two race directors, uh, you know, like co-directors for a little bit, and Brandon Thompson was one in the of them. trucks. Yeah, I believe it was in the trucks. He was there for. Um, maybe, I, I, then, may, then maybe that's why, because if we yeah, if we run a companion weekend, he would be there. Maybe that's it. And yeah, and, and that was like three. Because I know I've seen that, that dude that. rolling around in a collared shirt before. So if you're yeah. in a collared shirt, you're you know you're you're something. <laughs> yeah. You're something. <laughs> And and it's and it's great, Billy, because I mean this is long overdue, and I'm not going to tell you which track it was, but there is a uh, I had a discussion with a very high up ranking member of a of a um, of a cup of a racetrack that sees trucks, um, uh, Xfinity Cup, ARCA, late models, sees all of it, okay. And in 2015, Billy Bradley, when when we couldn't get anybody to go to the damn track, in 2015, he said, "Do you have any ideas on how to bring this?" Bring this? I said, "If I was you, I would go to. I would look at who's not coming to this sport and who hasn't come to this sport. Fact of the matter is, people of color do not flock to 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 um, to, to motorsports. Uh, they they inherently." just have it and and for for many many reasons that we could get into uh ad nauseum but i said if i was you i would go to those communities i would have a a a a partnership with those communities do whatever it took to get those people to come in here and see this sport for the very first time nobody is coming to your racetrack why not go comp a bunch of tickets to some people that have never had the experience You've got people standing around that's supposed to be taking people their seats and, and, and helping them, but nobody's fucking coming. Go to those communities, extend the welcome, tell them we'd love to put, we'll help you out, give you tickets, do what else come in there. And I said that in 2015, and lo and behold, here we are today, we've got our own vice president of diversity and inclusion. I couldn't be more proud. I couldn't be happier in the direction that we're going because the fact of the matter is I love the sport of NASCAR. We cannot yes, be exclusive. If we are exclusive or it seems like it's exclusive, then we are not going to grow. We are not going to get better. It is not going to be there for years to come. Super great move. Brand spanking new. Billy, I am officially off bashing the shit out of NASCAR for their um, lack of diversity and inclusion that, they, that I have been here for the past several weeks and, and years. I've they're taking steps. I see it. It's brilliant. It's fantastic, and I'm absolutely, absolutely stoked that we're that we're moving forward. Brandon has been around NASCAR for a very long time. He's he's not a um, he's not a newcomer. He knows his way around the the executive suite, Rob Lopes. He knows them. He knows his way around those um, very well, uh, and and he's been in the garage as, as you said. So I, I think only positive things. Um, can come from this, but we had one big news item today, Billy Bradley, uh, on as Tuesday as we record this, and that is the Hall of Fame vote. Billy, I was... Oh, uh, really? Yeah, I know you might not have heard about it, Billy. There's a, um, kind of a kind of a sticky situation There's one driver? There, <laughs> Billy, I'd be honest with Maybe you. Maybe he raced last weekend? I was hoping... 
I'm not hoping, but I would have been perfectly fine if if, if Dale Jr. didn't make the the Hall of Fame this year. Um, quite frankly, because I thought thought Mike Stefanik and and Kurt Shelmerdeen should probably be in the Hall of Fame. I mean, Shelmerdeen's got four uh, four championships as a crew chief. Um, Stefanik has nine for Christ's sake. And I thought, man, those two guys, you got four four championships as a crew chief. Uh, you're Hall of Fame worthy, in my opinion, Billy. I, do you, do, and now Dale Earnhardt Jr. got in, Mike Stefanik got in, and good old Red Farmer. By the way, Red, there's a there's a Twitter account, uh, Red Farmer. Uh, it's absolutely brilliant. I go check it out if you ever get a chance. But Billy, Dale Dale Earnhardt Jr. gets in. Uh, would you have been okay if Dale Jr. did not get in? What's your feeling about this vote, Bud? I would have I felt all right because I know it was coming at some point. I mean, not only for what he's done to the sport on track as a driver. I mean, I'm talking about the things he's done as an owner, uh, all sport. I mean, look at the talent the guy has brought in through junior motorsports and worked with them, developed them, and, you know, look where they are now, you know. more It's more than a driver. I, I mean, I've kind of – laid off Twitter today after that announcement because I've seen uh, why the fuck Dale Jr. get in? What's he done in NASCAR? Yeah. <laughs> you know, really? I, I mean, have you been keeping He's up only with won two Daytona 500s and, you know, yeah. most popular driver for, I don't know, two decades or something like that. <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah. I mean, what, I knew it was coming. I would have been okay. He owns, he owns a successful team. Yeah. You know, it's not like he's an also-ran, let's be honest. Well, yeah, Billy, like all these points you bring up are are, are 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 laughable. Fact of the matter is, I firmly believe, and I said this two years ago, I said Dale Earnhardt Jr. could go into the Hall of Fame today as a driver. He could also go in the Hall of Fame as an owner. And yep. I believe he could go into the Hall of Fame when his, his TV career is over as a broadcaster. I, there's, there's, he, he is. Yeah, he is, his, He has gotten pretty good at that. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he, he, he's an absolute. He's a Hall of Famer. And if you, t- in, in NASCAR's darkest fucking day, and I want to make sure everybody understands that, in NASCAR's darkest day, there wasn't a darker time in NASCAR than when Dale Earnhardt perished at Daytona. We put the entire burden of NASCAR, hell, the country, Billy, I mean, all of us were like, and, and that guy put it on his fucking shoulders and all he did was go out and be himself and be a damn Hall of Famer. There is yeah. that, that alone, <laughs> I mean, when you, it may not show up in the stat sheet, but what he did just out of his father's death and being able to deal with it and to continue on, and those lessons, that, I mean, that is a Hall of Fame person. Period. Um, but fact of the matter is, he's won enough races. He won enough signature um, uh, events. He's a two-time Xfinity champion. He's a shoe-in, absolute shoe-in. I, I would have I been fine if, if he didn't get in because we know he's going to get in. And quite honestly, I think Dale Jr. would have been just – I mean, you know, he's – he knew he was going to get in. He would have been, been just as happy if somebody else got in. You know what I'm saying? I, I want to bring up something that we discussed on a previous podcast, though. As we were talking about Hall of Fame, and I, I remember us talking about Dale Jr. and Carl Edwards. Yes, is Dale Jr. a shoe-in for the Hall of Fame? Yes. But I, I, I still feel like 
there should be some some distance, mm-hmm. so to speak. Yeah. Like, you got to be retired for five years. Yeah. Like, out of the seat for five years before yeah. you were even put on the ballot. Yeah. And, and you know, see, I would agree like, with that, Rob. The, the other agree. sports hall of fame, like football and baseball and stuff like that, you have to be done, 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 done retired for X amount of years before you're even put on the ballot. Is exactly. that not – that's true, correct? That's, that is true. Yeah. Yep. Right. He's see, a shoe in. He's open, going to get in. Yeah. yeah. We opened that box when we first started with this. Like, at one time, what, they're like 10 nominees yeah. when we first started this? Yes, uh, they had yeah. to make up for lost time for not having a uh, a hall. For not of having fame. a whole thing. That's exactly right, and that's yeah. why they were. Yeah. That's why you were getting ten people at a time. Yeah. yeah, and 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 honestly, Rob, the reason you brought that up, uh, your reasoning there that we we've, we've talked about before is exactly why I would have been perfectly okay if he didn't make it. I I think Dale Jr. from running a race. Um, last weekend should be five years away from eligibility, in my personal opinion. I, I don't. I mean, as long as he's going out there and racing around the the, the track, um, even if it's for its own car, his own team, or whatever. I mean, he's not retired. Doesn't matter. Um, I, I Doesn't matter. I he's not retired. That's exactly I, right. You got to be out of the seat for five years, and if you get in the seat, even if it's for once a year, your yeah. clock starts over. And that's and, five, and that's no disrespect yep. to Dale because he, you know, he and I. You know, I've known him for a long time. I worked on that team with the, with him with the 88, and I'm not disrespecting him at all. I don't want anybody to, you know, even yeah. think that. But th- there there needs to be some separation before you get in the Hall of Fame. That's just my own opinion. No matter what sport it is, there needs yeah. to be some separation. I agree. Um, and But, I, I mean, I'm but, – but also, I'm okay with Dale Jr. getting in. I would have been okay Hell with Hell, yeah. But he got in, and um, uh, good for him. Cool. It's it's yeah, it's very cool. It's nice to see. If you didn't have this vote for twenty more years, if it was twenty forty, he got in. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> he was getting in. Uh, and it's, I mean, it's come on, he was getting in anyway. Yeah, he was getting in anyways. What you I'm know? shocked, Billy, is is I heard or I read today that both Jeff Gluck and Bob Pockers, who I don't know how Bob Pockers does not have a fucking vote, but both of them said. Yeah. If they were voting today, that um, uh, as a matter of fact, Jeff Gluck said he would have voted for Carl Edwards and Dale Jr. And I believe um, um, uh, uh, Bob Proctor said he would have voted for Mike Stefanik and Dale Jr. But that um, Carl Edwards would have been a close would have been, would have been very close into the mix. And I'm like, Billy, I think I'm, I must be taking crazy pills. I, what the fuck? I mean, how the hell can Carl Edwards be even considered over top of the people that on the are already, same ballot? On the same ballot. I mean, you got Mike Stefanik, you got um, um, uh, Shelmer Dean, and Dale Earnhardt Jr. I, I, he's automatically third in my or, or fourth in my opinion. I mean, <laughs> hell, I mean, and, and that's that's without even talking about the other guys. I just. There's there's no way he's even in the top three, in my opinion, Billy. I think it's crazy. What do you think? I would agree. I mean, I'm not saying Carl not didn't do anything for the sport, but the only thing I could probably figure out is if there's more to the story of Carl walking out of NASCAR than us fans actually know that, you know, it's kind of like a, like a bargain deal. Like, hey, you go away peacefully, 
we'll put you in the Hall of Fame. <laughs> Billy, let me tell you what I tried to start last night, Billy, and it didn't pick up much traction. I start. I tried to start a rumor on Twitter last night, and I, I, I might have been, I might have been a little, a little. Might have had a few drinks in me, Billy, but I started putting out there on Twitter last night, replying on Twitter about the Hall of Fame that um, uh, the the reason why uh, Carl Edwards won't get or will get voted in to the Hall of Fame is because when Acura starts their Cup team in 2021 <laughs> and they bring they're going to bring a Hall of Fame NASCAR driver and Carl Edwards and put him in the seat with a Hall of Fame uh, crew chief and and Cole Pern as his crew chief when Acura comes in the sport. And only had like two people pissed off questioning me, saying, what the <laughs> fuck are you talking about? I was trying to start some big rumor that Acura was coming in with Carl Edwards and Cole Pern, but it didn't gain much traction. <laughs> how how, how, deep, how deep in the bourbon bottle were you when, when it's going deep, on? Deep enough to pick Acura, for Christ's sake. I, I don't know. I don't know how the hell I pulled Acura out of my uh, out of my out of my bourbon bottle, um, uh, but I did. Um, <laughs> and, and, but it didn't get any traction. I probably should have done it maybe sober uh, or, or waited till today. But hey, let's talk real quick here about. Um, uh, um, this schedule moving forward, you know, it's 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 been hot. It's been we've been talking about it. Uh, hasn't been, hasn't been too too. I mean, with the rain down there at Homestead, it, it wasn't too bad and that sort of thing. We're going to hey, there was no rain. Oh, that's funny. There wasn't. Really. There was no there was rain for the events. There was no rain for the events. It rained overnight. You know yeah. why we there was lightning, lightning, like seven point eight miles out. Yeah, yeah. I guess it was the lightning. And, which, and, and that's and that's a protocol thing that NASCAR has, and you know what? So be it. So yeah. be it. All right. Well, I, I think that really drug. It I really drug the day out. Real quick, when they announce that there's lightning in the area, what physically do you do, Rob? When they say there's lightning in the area, do you stick around? Do you got shit you have to do in the box? No. Do you cover stuff up? Do you go straight to the, the covered garage? What do you do? Okay, well, okay, lightning. when you get a lightning delay, mm-hmm. you're like, okay, well, the skies look like it could open up at any minute, like we were going to get yeah, hammered yeah. with torrential rain. So we, as a crew member and as a crew, we do what we need to do. We're covering tires. We're making sure the pit box is sealed up. Mm-hmm. The guys go out to the car. They get the driver out of the car. They cover the car up, you know, take the cow off and all that sort of stuff to make sure water doesn't get in there. And the drivers have to go to their, you know, wherever they go yeah. under the circumstances. A lot under normal circumstances, they'll come hang out in the pit box. We'll all go back to the sure. trailer, whatever. Yeah. But we're we are told to, you know, take cover. You know, don't be in open areas. Um. Most of us kind of stayed, you know, underneath the back half of the pit box. You know, that's kind of sheltered. And we waited it out. We watched, you know, look at the sky, see what's going on. We didn't get really get rain. We got a little yeah. mist, but there yeah. was no rain. Even though the radar showed, the radar looked like we should have got hammered. Yeah. And we didn't. But it was well, a light thing. Um, I, so. Let, let me tell you my frustration. I have my, own, I, have, I have my own opinion about that, and I don't know if I should generally share it. Well, let me and Billy talk about my opinion on it. And then if you want to share it, please do. Billy, for 15 fucking minutes of a 30-minute lightning delay, there's crew guys and drivers on pit fucking road getting out of the car, 
putting the cover on the car, fucking around for 15. I watch it on TV, Billy. 15 fucking minutes. Okay, 14 minutes and like 39 seconds. I don't know seconds. if I would use the word effing around. <laughs> well, no, okay. It's not like we're, it's True. Not, it's not True. Like we're throwing football into the stands. If you know you're, I mean? well, if it's a lightning, yeah, we are doing our jobs. If it's lightning, you get the fuck out of the area. If it's not, you put the bullshit car and you fuck around out there. I have a problem, Billy Bradley, that NASCAR calls a lightning break, and yet sixty fucking people go straight to pit road. It's either danger yeah. or it's not danger, Billy Bradley. We're either throwing a fucking football or we're putting a cover on a car or we're racing. I don't get standing out there for 15 minutes doing what I call fucking around, what Rob Lowe says is the job, but but everybody else has to leave. I don't get why those 60 people, their lives don't mean shit. And NASCAR has to do one of two fucking things, race a fucking car or tell everybody the car's going to get wet. I don't know what else to do, Billy, but it drives wow. me fucking insane hey, hot when shot. we have Hold two on, different man. types Hold of on. things. Go ahead. Hold on, hot shot. Yeah, oh, the car's going to get wet. Good. Let me tell you what happens when water gets in that race car. It is not good. Well, why don't we just Ask drive it to the <laughs> Why don't we just drive it huh? to the garage? Listen, we stored our cars. Listen, Hot Shot. We stored our cars at Bristol in the rain because there's no garages, and they wouldn't let us put them in the trucks. And we double-covered our stuff. Everybody put two car covers on it. Water still got in them, and then we went and ran them. Let me tell you the havoc that that reeks that that reeks in that race car when there's water laying in it, laying in the rockers, laying on the floorboards. All it does is create steam, and you make the driver a shrimp, is what you do. I understand. You do not want water inside that race car. Now, hold on. This is where we're going to agree to disagree. We're not out there effing around. There is lightning in the area, which means there's thunderstorms in the area. There's dark clouds over there. Cover the race cars. They're not out there just hanging out with an umbrella, chilling, drinking margaritas. They cover the cars <laughs> up, and they get out of there. Now, it might seem like it, that we're out there for 15, 20 minutes. We're really not. Okay? The drivers are leaving. Everybody's getting their jobs done, and we're getting back to cover because it's a 30-minute delay every time there's a lightning strike. And there's a lightning policy for a reason. We don't even need to get into that. I will say this. Is it... Does it go to an extreme sometimes? Yes. Does everybody agree with it? I'm going to go ahead out on a limb and say no. Not everybody agrees with it. But you know what? That's the policy, and it is what it is. So you know what you do? You abide. Now, you might think it's extraneous. Whatever. You might think we're out there effing around. Whatever. No, effing around is throwing a football in the stands on our lightning delay. That's effing around. That's not effing around. I would disagree. Because anywhere else, and I mean anywhere else, when there is a lightning strike called, every fucking professional team, every little league team, everybody on the planet gets the fuck off the field. They don't fuck yeah, around. Because, and, because and the only the thing they're worried about is themselves. They don't have a fucking $250,000 race car that could get wet. You have mm-hmm. to take care of that piece of equipment. Otherwise, you take your fucking batting helmet. Or your football helmet because you got your pads <laughs> under your shirt and you walk in the locker room. Like I said, hot shot, calm down. <laughs> no, here's what I'm going to tell you. Wait till something happens. Wait till something happens and they're like, oh, something well. Something already did happen, Dan. That's why there's a lightning policy to start with. 
a fan got struck by lightning, and that's why there's a policy now. I know, but that doesn't revolve around the, the team. They're still letting the team, and you can go. Yes, it does. Oh, yeah, but, but they're out there for 15 minutes. Dan. I watched them. I Dan, watched drink them a glass of water. Minutes. Listen, get out of the bourbon and drink a glass of water and think about what the F you're saying. And you're talking to a guy that lives it every day, not the one that's sitting that watching on TV or sitting in the stands. You're talking about a guy that has to do his job. Come on, Dan. Calm hey, well, down. I, let me tell you something. The job doesn't mean we're taking care of one of those Listen, two guys. If, if, if the football players life. had to take their pads off, if the football players had to take their pads off and their helmet off before we were in the locker room, what would you say? Oh, they're out there effing around. But they, well, don't. they don't. They don't do that. They just We've got to take care of the biggest piece of equipment. Let me ask you a question. You're watching a race. Why? Because there's a dude in a car. Well, guess what? They're the two biggest components of what you're watching, yes? Mm-hmm. So you yeah. get the driver out of there, and then you take care of what he's sitting in. Let me tell you what Dan Hodson does when he's president of NASCAR. He takes this stupid fucking rule – and he says, this is dangerous. This is stupid. If we're going to say everybody's got to get out, and yet we dispatch crew guys to the fucking pit road, we're making a mistake. We have to change how we do this. We have to look at different things. The, 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 the reason why – hey, hang, hang on a minute. Hang on a minute. Hang on a minute. What's your solution? The thing, I don't have one yet. Don't just bitch. We need to no, have Dan. One. Don't just bitch. Don't just bitch. You better have a fucking solution. Excuse well, my language, everybody, because I don't use the effort on this podcast. Here, here would be my solution today. Dander up right now. Here would be my solution today. I the car gets wet and you spend that when it when it's done. While they're if they're going to be out there and rain, you're not going to go racing anyways. Take a bunch of towels, put your fucking interior guy in there, and wipe down the fucking yeah. car. Have you yeah. hit your freaking head, boy? You want to let a crew member <laughs> inside the race car? Do you have any idea how crafty every damn one of us is and you want to put a guy inside the race car? Hey, I, Have I, you I, lost your effing mind? Hang on a minute. And you <laughs> thought it was a big deal about a battery-powered saw knocking the right front fender off the 19th car in Martinsville, and you want to put a crew member inside the car? Have you lost your effing mind? We have hey, Ronald, I, I want you to re- listen, it can, man. It can be listen, I don't know what you're drinking, all, but you need to have a glass of water right now. All I'm saying is, damn head. as long as NASCAR <laughs> has determined that those crew guys' lives don't mean yeah. shit, then, it, then I'm not going to pay attention to them, and I think they're full of shit. There's a better way. I don't okay. know what it is, We're going to agree. there's to, a better we'll fucking agree way. We'll agree to disagree. When you become president of NASCAR, we'll do it your way. But right now, I'm your your policy... Based on how I know our minds work, uh, dude, you let me loose inside that race car yeah. to dry it out, to quote unquote dry it out. Shit. Hey, you're hey, at one you Number one, when I'm president, I am going to make sure that Rob Lopes is on the fucking committee that changes this process. That's exactly what I'm going to do. I'm going to make somebody that hates it, doesn't want to do it, come up with a better solution. That's what I do. I point fingers and get everybody riled up and then make them fix it. That's what I do. And it'll yeah. be fixed and then when you we sit, start on it. And you sit back and laugh and you sit back and laugh and drink a glass of bourbon. We're gonna well, do, would, agree to disagree. But when I, you become president, you, you go ahead and point me to that committee because I could you know, that'd be a nice change for me because then I can wear a college shirt. Billy Billy <laughs> Hey Rob, hold, hold on, hold on. Calm down. I just have a question. How hard would it be to drive the car to the trailer and push it up in the trailer? 
<laughs> again, you want to put our cars out of view of NASCAR with a crew member inside it? I want well, you all I, to think about what I, you're doing. I, I think I you think guys got you guys lost your damn minds because a dude <laughs> cut the fender off with a saw at Martinsville, and you said that affected the race. But you want to cut? You want to put our crafty asses in that car or up in the trailer? I, I don't. With I don't. Nobody want to, watching. Listen, have listen, you guys I, lost your effing mind? All I'm doing. Well, well he does have a dang, he does have a valid point. Basically, how the fuck can you not just turn on a goddamn camera that's in a car? Jesus Christ, am I eating crazy pills here? It would be easy to Does every car have a camera? Does every car have a camera? You're gonna put one in. How hard is it? Does every car have a camera? I'd put one in if I was president today, and I'd say, "Get your Jesus, ass off Mary pit road." Joseph. That's what I would say. You know what? You you're well into your buzz right now, as near as I can tell. Jesus, well, I, I might have just, to start pouring a bourbon so I can keep up with you. Just wait till Bristol. <laughs> just, just wait till Bristol. Stay I'm not going to see you at Bristol. I'm. There, there's one place I'm not going to be is around you when I'm in Bristol racing. I can tell you that. Well, unfortunately, that's the case because although fans are still going to be at the track, there is definitely social distancing <laughs> and the garage won't be. We'll make you a sign, Rob. <laughs> yeah. Hey. Yeah. I, I'm going to look. For, I'm going to look for you guys when we're there. I'm definitely looking for you guys because I mean, thirty thousand people, dude. That's like putting a gallon. 30,000 people in Bristol is like putting a gallon of water in a five-gallon bucket. Yeah, a gallon of water in a swimming pool. Billy, we got to come up with a sign that we can, <laughs> that we can show out there for, uh, for Rob yeah. Gold. Maybe, you know what we should just, do? Yeah, just, call, should. just make sure you call me out so that way everybody gets a chance to bust my balls face to face. No, what, what we should do, <laughs> Billy, is, is we should get that picture of Rob laying in front of the car and blow that motherfucker oh, yeah. up on a banner and hang that son of a bitch up right in front of the six And pit here box. we are. We thought everybody that's, might have forgot about that. But no, that's exactly <laughs> what we need to do. All right, consider it done. And what we'll do, Billy, is we'll get everybody to sign it, I don't, and then we'll uh, we'll send it to Rob Lopes at the shop so he has to open it up in front of everybody. That's, that's what we'll do. Yes, yes that was you know really, can, can we start over? Can we get a do-over? Dan, I'm sorry I disagree with you, man. <laughs> You know what your ideas are the best. Yeah, yeah, Dan, you know, the president, I'm, right? I'm on board 100, percent man. Whatever you say, can we can we get a do over here? Edit that out or whatever. Oh shit! Oh, crap. I, I might uh, have opened up a can of worms here. Let's switch to something mm. somewhat serious. Uh, we are headed to Talladega, my favorite racetrack yes. on the circuit. I love Talladega. As uh, Billy, I, while we were getting ready to come up on the show. Um, uh, start the show. I was jotting down a a few notes. Uh, Billy asked you a question about. I mean, this is the first time that um, y'all are going to a excuse me going to a uh, super speedway. Uh, last time we were at a super speedway, uh, there was uh, an accident. By the way, we uh, NASCAR did make a rule change on on the car. By the way, that came out of some good came out of. Of that crash, yeah. Billy Bradley. They've, they've added some safety features to it that made a lot of sense that I don't know that we would have known otherwise. Um, but we're, we're going back to the super, super speedway. Um, I mean, I, is there any – have you guys talked about it at all? Or are you just, just trying to make it another day? I mean, I, is it, has it even come up? Who are you or, talking to, Billy or me? I'm talking to you. I mean, Billy was talking to you about it earlier, and I, I didn't I – don't, I don't Oh, know oh, oh we're talking about what we talked about before we started recording. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Have you guys talked about it as a team going back to the super speedway, or is you guys just no. business as usual? 
No, we ha- we haven't talked about it as a team. I, I and I'm not going to speak for everybody else. I would think that it's probably somewhere in everybody in the back of everybody's head. Yeah. Uh, and and I'm going to tie something together right quick. We go to Martinsville with a with a you know the Coke Industries paint scheme, mm-hmm. and that did come up. That did come up while we were building that car. Yeah. And we were because it was the same exact scheme that we left for Daytona in, and it was. It it was uh, I'll use the word emotional for us. Yeah. Because it was the same scheme that we went and and I we said this on past podcast. We went from, hey, we're going to win the Daytona 500 with Ryan Newman to, oh my God, we just lost our driver. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, in a in in a single breath, that's how our emotions were. Mm-hmm. And then we, we, when that scheme was on our car, we were like, man, we Shit. remember seeing this. And yeah. we remember seeing it when it left, and we remember seeing what happened that night. Um, so, But aside from that, yes, we're going back to a super speedway. Yes, we're going back to Ryan Newman. Um, I can't speak for the rest of the guys. I really think that we are building our speedway car. Yes, they have made some structural changes to the chassis uh, to strengthen certain parts of it to help protect the driver even further from what they learned from that accident. Um, I'll tell you what, if if I had to go ahead and just speak off the cuff, Ryan Newman's going to get in that car and go, yep, I'm in a super speedway and I've got a good car because – Jimmy Finnegan, you know, built us good cars, and I almost won the last one, so I might as well try to win this one. Yeah. And that's what I feel is going to happen. As far as our mentality goes, we're building a super speedway car for our man who should be a Daytona 500 champion. Yep. Yeah. Well, that's interesting because – we are behind him 100%. That's interesting because I hadn't even thought about it until Billy asked the question, but I I would imagine that – Probably knowing that when you put the the same paint scheme on, that that makes a little bit more sense. While it's it's a little bit more like business as usual because it was when, when you were describing the paint, you know, seeing the the, the scheme and and the car under wrap and all that kind of stuff. I, I got an eerie feeling. Um, you 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 know you said it was um, I can't remember the word you used, but it was uh, it, it it was took your breath away a little bit. It's emotional, yeah. I'll put it this way, Dan, if we put that that Coke Industries scheme on our Talladega car, it would be be weird. It would would probably be very bad. Yeah. But we're not, we're not, we ran, we ran Coke Industries at Martinsville, and it's, I guess it's kind of ironic is that we go from a super speedway with that to the smallest track we run. Yeah. But. That's just for people that want to laugh at stuff like me. Um, but like, 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 if we were going to Talladega with that Coke Industries scheme on, it would be. I don't think I that say, would, eerie. Yeah, I don't think I'd like that uh, at, at all. I don't. I, I don't think and, like and I don't. And, and to be honest with you, I don't think the rest of us would like it. Yeah. 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 And 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 Coke Industries is a great partner. Mm-hmm. Um, but. If we had to wrap another super speedway car right now, or, yeah. or I shouldn't say right now, I guess 
if we had to wrap a super speedway car going into the second super super speedway race of the yeah. season, you know, from Daytona to Talladega, yeah. that would be it would be an eerie thing and it would be hard to swallow. Yeah, I, I, because I, I, I because I'm I'm speaking for our guys because this is a conversation we did have mm-hmm. that it was a very emotional thing for us to look at that race car. Yeah, even though we yeah, were going I to understand. We weren't going to we weren't going to Talladega. We were going to Martinsville. It was a short track car. We knew it was a short track car. We knew where we were going, but we were mm-hmm. looking at the same scheme, and it was like, it's okay. It's okay. Yeah. yeah. He's our guy, and he's fine, and it's okay. Yeah. So. Well, I'm glad to hear that. I'm glad that you got past that and made this week um, a little mm-hmm. bit a little bit easier because I hadn't even thought about the fact that Ryan Newman was going yeah, back into maybe. a car, but I, but I mean, Billy, everything we know as fans <laughs> looking into the NASCAR world, I, I can't imagine um, Ryan Newman having. I, 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 I can't imagine Ryan Newman not doing it. I mean, I'm sure it's a little bit. He's got to think about it, take a deep breath. But I, once he gets in the car, I, I would literally imagine Ryan Newman getting in there and driving that thing around Talladega like he's done, you know, 30 times before. Um, he's and, a beast. He yeah. is a beast. And we're not – they have changed the schedule now. There's no practice, right? No practice. Oh, good point, Billy. I'm glad no you brought practice. that up. Originally, yep. there was supposed to be a practice because it's a little bit different package yep. for the super speedways. And there was supposed to be a 50-minute practice. And apparently, everybody, crew chief drivers, decided – you know what? Um, forget the practice thing. Let's yeah. just go race. Yeah. It. So that changed our schedule. That's huge. Yeah. That that is that is. That big. changed our so, schedule. Uh, and it, you know of, what? It'll be it, it's it's going to be awesome. It'll be fine. I, I, I yeah. can't wait. Uh, it's going to be super interesting. Uh, and and now there's I don't I don't want to say it's the same old you know Talladega, but. It's going to be wildly different. You know, Dale Jr. made a made a note, um, Billy. I don't know if you if you caught this, but he said he didn't think it was going to be that weird to race without fans until he raced without a fan in the stands. And he's like, "Damn, this is really weird." Um, he's like, you know, whenever he would make those a guys pass, see a lot. Hey, those guys see a lot of stuff. You'd be amazed what those dudes sitting in the cars yeah. see. And I'm sorry to interrupt you, Dan, but I. It's funny you touched on that because. You would be amazed what those guys notice when they're driving. Well, it's funny. It's crazy. It's crazy their awareness. Before, how, like, guys like Kurt Busch, Dale Jr. seems like one of the most aware guys there is. Ryan Newman is always talking on the radio of somebody else's car he's seen. Kurt Busch is doing the same thing. And, and Billy, these guys, I, I barely can see it on TV. These fucking guys are racing inches away from each other, and they notice (laughs) things like this and and for Dale Jr to come out and say is really weird. I'm used to when I get up there and lead a race I can I can see flags moving and people standing and cheering and I was like I I glanced up there and yeah, I didn't see anybody. And I thought that was really Yeah, strange. and there's things that will like on restrictor plate races like you'd hear, you know, following him on his radio, you'd hear him say Hey, PJ, remind me to tell you yeah. what I saw on the 19 car. Yeah, like, exactly. I mean, yeah. It was yeah, amazing. Yeah. I don't see how they do it. Those guys, those don't. guys see a lot of stuff. Yeah, I, I mean, I just it's, it's, it's really amazing the awareness that they have while they're going 
190 miles an hour or 20 shit into a corner. It's a you know, and they're 100 percent focused. Yeah. But it's amazing what they see. Making like, a uh, mental note for later. <laughs> or, yeah, a mental note like you know, drivers notice the scoring pylon. Yeah. Why am I eight? Yeah. <laughs> Why am I eight? <laughs> well, how do you know you're eight? It says it on the scoring pylon. We've already, you know, the scoring's reset. Why am I eight? I should be seven. Yeah. That's crazy. You know, you guys see this stuff. I remember, I'm, I'm going to go way back. I, I was working on a team with Jeff Green, and we were in Indianapolis. Holy shit. And I want to say, I want to say he was driving, I want to say he was driving the one at the time. And because when they did that swap with Steve Park and all that. Yeah. And they're, and, that place is fast for a stock car. You know, they're yep. definitely – they're entering the corner at well over 200. And he's on the straightaway, and he, if I recall, he was – he pulled up – he pulled up on the 15 Michael was driving, and he pulled up on the 15, and they're going 2-0 shit, and he says, let the 15 know they've got a spoiler brace broken. Mm. Damn. At two oh shit under a green. spoiler brace. <laughs> They've got a spoiler brace broken on the fifteen. They're, you know, their center spoiler brace, their center spoiler brace on the right side is broken on the on the fifteen. And I'm thinking to myself, seriously, dude, you you were able to see that and talk about it calmly, like, hey man, put an extra cream in that coffee for me, would you? Yeah, <laughs> that, that's that's so great. So, so what those guys see and what they remember and what they discuss and how they – their world when they're in that race car is completely different from most things that we can comprehend. I'm not yeah. going to BS you. Well, I, I can't comprehend it because it, it almost sounds fake because it, it just but, – but, I mean, I've heard it time and time again. It just – like Billy said, it just just effortlessly say it on the, on the, on the radio. And we're going to Talladega. It's the same Talladega, but it is – completely different um and yeah and, and i gotta say uh this is we've 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 now run a few races here in the season to where we can start to see some trends with some drivers um some interesting things and i i'll be honest with you billy i thought matt de benedetto might be a little better off than he is right now but quite frankly the toyotas have um i mean uh they, they've they've had some some issues i corner the joy has had some good things Tyler Reddick is absolutely um, 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 proven that he's he's earned a cup ride but we're going to Talladega where you can't hardly pick anything and uh, we're going to start with Rob Lopes Rob um, who is your, your oh yeah that's right because because I've had the crystal ball the last couple weeks you, you you've done well for yourself son um, uh, yeah well a, a very like you just showing. said Dan we're going to Talladega I mean <laughs> this is a toughie here. Who's your winner and who's your dark Dale Jr.'s not in the field. You can't pick him. No. So. <laughs> oh, man. Oh, so we're doing picks. Yeah. This isn't another conversation. We're doing picks now. Like We're doing picks. Yeah, let's do it. Man. Can I pick the field for the win? Uh, no. <laughs> no, I have to pick a certain driver. Yeah, okay. you can pick a certain Crap. driver. Are you really going to nail me down on this? Yeah. Um, all right. Son of a gun. All right. It's going to be – no, it's not going to be him. Um, 
what Rob Clint Boyer. No, Clint Boyer is going to be Clint Boyer is going to be my dark horse, and okay. Kevin Harvick is going to be my winner. Damn it! Those are two great picks. Holy shit! All right, he's got. You know how he kept it Ford related, yeah. and everybody's and, talking about all these Chevrolets having all this advantage. Billy, he picked not they one but two. He, he picked two Fords um, right there. So let that let keep that. Keep that in the back of your mind, Billy Bradley. Who are you taking as your uh, winner in your dark horse? Well, I'm going with Rob Lopes and the 16, and then I'm going with Make Butcher your dark and the horse, 17 man. Is that your dark Oh, You're taking two dark horses? Dark horse. Two dark horses. The Cinderella story is coming back to Roush Racing this weekend. Oh, I like the way you think, man. Wait, You're looking God's ears. Who do you have to pick? The six and who? The seventeen. The seventeen. Holy shit, Billy Bradley. Billy fucking. Your Bradley. lips to God's ears, Billy. Your uh, lips to God's that's ears. That's it. Thank you. Uh, I honestly. Hey, look, those say, Chevrolets didn't do nothing at Daytona. No, they didn't do a whole lot. I, I gotta tell you this, Billy Bradley. I, I, uh, I was legitimately going to take the six as my dark horse. Legitimately. Because not only can that guy get around um, uh, the track, but that uh, it, it's obvious that their super speedway program was pretty good, Billy. Uh, he, was, he was just a few hundred feet from winning the damn Daytona 500. But but now you've got me in a um, in a pickle, and and I got to be honest with you, I think um, the Chevys have found something. I don't know that they found something on a super speedway, but. Yeah. Um, there's also a lot. Of, Denny Hamlin is is obviously the the field favorite. In my I don't say obviously. In my opinion, Denny Hamlin is the best. Um, uh, Denny Hamlin, Brad Keselowski, and I would say Kevin Harvick, probably the best um, super speedway racers from the top teams out there. Especially if you're you're going uh, Joey Logano, if you're going by wins. Okay, those guys have won a number of super speedway races here. Um, um, in the last three or four years. But Denny Hamlin and Chase Elliott and Joey Logano, they all aren't going to let either either one of those. I, there's some there's some weird things going on, Billy, because I was going to take the nine. But the nine doesn't have too many friends out there, and I don't think the nine is, is, is going to do it. Then I thought about taking Alex Bowman, and uh, but I talked myself into going with the 22, which I oh, think. Oh, no, the nine's not going to let that happen. Well, I think. Billy, I think the nine oh is gonna. Okay. I think the nine is gonna be behind the twenty-two. That's why I didn't pick the nine because I, I think the twenty-two is gonna be faster than the nine. I, I just I, for whatever reason I think that Ford, that Ford power plant there with with Joey Logano and he's got T.J. Majors up there. I I mean, and hell, they could all wreck out. Oh on my God! And the yeah, last thing there, TJ, just ask him. Yeah, well, T.J. has to scratch his head. T.J.'s head's already big enough. Yeah, I'm gonna take you the same too, uh, but I'm gonna. I really, really hope TJ listens to our podcast because I want a text <laughs> message from him. <laughs> yeah, uh, uh, for my listen. for my dark horse um, is as Kurt Busch hasn't won a race yet this year, has he? No, not this year. No. I, I, let me tell you what I'm going to do though. I, I, I was he's gonna, running very well. I, I was going to take Kurt Busch. I fuck it, I am going to take Kurt Busch. I'm going to take Kurt Busch. I'm going to take 22 and the one. I was going to take Corey LaJoy because something tells me he's got something. He's got something at Talladega. I don't know why, Billy. It's just a weird feeling that I've gotten. 
um, that Corey LaJoy is I – mean, he's, he's done pretty decent. What he did to Denny Hamlin at Martinsville was hilarious. But I think Corey LaJoy is, is – something tells me he's going to have his best year ever in, in Cup this year. I don't know why. It's just a feeling I got. But Rob Lopes is uh, – I got to say, Rob Lopes has a hell of a team with the 4-14. Four um, Billy Bradley is going all RFR. Good for Billy Bradley. I'm taking the 22 and the one. Boy, we <laughs> good for Rob Lopes too if he's right. Let's be honest. <laughs> yeah. yeah, let's say Rob Lopes <laughs> is doing good out of two of these three uh, picks here. I mean, like <laughs> I said, it, it, I I gotta tell you, I would root for Billy's picks before I root for my picks from a reality. <laughs> yeah, all of a sudden, come on. Billy's got two out, out of us three. I mean, nobody has ever wanted somebody else to Well, win I knew my thing. picks were safe with Rob Lopes. Rob never picked yeah. his team, and I knew no, if I could just get past you. Hey, yeah. hey I'm not going to pick my team because, you know, who knows? There might be a chance. Right, you know, right, yeah. That's a kiss of death. A hundred years from that. now, they might, they might want to elect me to the Hall of Fame, and I don't want to be – yeah, oh, he can't. started on his own team, you know. He can't, you know. Right. I don't want to. I don't want to go the Pete Rose route. I, you know, I, <laughs> I've been a Steelers so fan. I, you know, since I, I, I want to keep it clean. I've been a Steelers fan since I've been old enough to know what the hell a Steelers fan is, and I would never and have never uh, done anything uh, with the Pittsburgh Steelers that would 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 give me any reason to think it was my fault. So I, I say the hell away exactly. From that. Uh, they. I, we, They've won plenty without me betting on them. I ain't going to bet on them now. (laughs) That's exactly right. Uh, Listen, for Rob Lopes, for Billy Bradley, I'm Dado. Let's go to Talladega and raise some hell with firewood and bees, even if they are in our our own damn campground, Billy Bradley. Um, That's all right. I want to see pictures. I want to see pictures. Hell yeah. Let's raise some hell in Talladega. Let's go. Let's do it. With all this craziness going on in the world right now, we appreciate you spending a little time with us. Before you leave, take a minute and check out this new song by Guy L. Boom and Alex Hobbs. Here's End of the World. Yeah. TV. I'm turning off my TV. Shit's getting rough. All the service negativity. I think I had enough. I got my own demons that I'm still dealing with. And if you still want to be here. I gotta make one thing clear Don't just say you love me Show me You say that you're with me Then prove me I'm really trying to find my fears But it's getting scary out here I don't wanna be alone tonight Baby, hold me tight tonight Oh Come on, baby, make love to me Like it's the end of the world Oh Like it's the end of the world